Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. I want to kind of uh, hop off from where we were this past Sunday. We talked about Joshua, and uh, where where the Lord spoke to Joshua uh, about the book of the law, and and how it uh, not should not depart from his mouth, meditate on it day and night, and uh, I've, I've really been thinking a lot about uh, that that meditation. Uh, for several weeks, and uh, like I said, I <clears throat> I started on this back in actually in uh, June, uh, just writing some things down, and it just kept coming. And uh, so I just want to kind of share with you because you know when you when you think about the Word of God, and and I know we we preach on the power of the Word. We talk about the powerful uh, Word of God, and and everybody, you know, we 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 shake our head and say, yeah, it's it's powerful, and all that. But but when you say the Word of God, think about what you're saying. You're saying the Word that was spoken by the God of the universe. You know, the Word that came forth from the lips of Almighty God, and and it's a powerful Word. But just that statement alone is 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 inspiring and, and mind blowing, but you know it's not. You know we've been given the opportunity to have the Word of God. We've been given the the opportunity to be able to read the Word of God, and and we have access to His Word, and and but it's not just the opportunity that God's given you and I uh, to read the Word of God, uh, but it's the opportunity to glean wisdom and understanding from the Word and application of the Word to our lives. So many times people get into this routine or this habit of reading the Word of God like you read the newspaper. And... uh, you got to approach the Word of God in a different way. The Word of God is not like the daily news. It's not like a, not like a book that, that uh, somebody author or something like that that you go and get out of the bookstore. The Word of God is the power uh, of God speaking to us through the written Word. And uh, so I want tonight to, to talk about the power of the Word, and I want to... Uh, focus on the aspect of meditating on the Word of God. In Psalm 119 and 105, the psalmist said, The Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now you think about that. The Word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, what the psalmist was saying is, The Word of God is the illumination of, 
by which I walk. The word of God illuminates the path that I need to go in. It's a light to my it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So that tells me that there is something in the word of God that if I will read the word of God, I won't be stumbling around. I won't be falling over everything that comes along. I won't be succumbing to every little issue that rises up because the word of God is is illuminating the way I need to go. Not only does the word of God illuminate the path that you take naturally, but the word of God will illuminate the path that you take mentally. It will illuminate the, the path that you take spiritually. No wonder people get so messed up in their, in their spiritual lives, their physical lives, and their mental uh, state. They get so messed up because they don't understand the power of God's word. Now, Proverbs chapter 3 and, and verse uh, 1 through 4 talks about, My son, uh, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about your neck and write them upon the table of your heart. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So uh, the writer of Proverbs was encouraging uh, his son, don't forget the word of God. Don't forget the law of God. Put it around your, your neck. Write it on the tables of your heart. Hold on to it because it will bring blessings uh, into your life. Now, I mentioned just a little bit ago about how people get so messed up. They get so messed up in their thinking. They get so messed up in their reacting to things. They get messed up in the paths that they choose to walk in, the deception. Uh, you know, uh, Judy and I were watching a, a show the other night, and, uh, and and there was a guy on there, and he came on, and he was talking about uh, how uh, much of a Christian and and uh, how he uh, was uh, served in the church and, and how God was, uh, you know, that he, he was a worship leader in the church and, and, uh, and it, it sounded good, you know, and, and he was talking about all that and he said, I, I'm a worship leader at my church on Sunday and he said on uh, Friday and Saturday night, he said, I change and I'm a drag queen. I, I put on makeup, I dress, and he said, I'm a drag queen. And I, and I looked over at Judy, and her chin was down on her chest. And, uh, and she said, what did he say? <laughs> I said, you heard him. He said he's a drag queen. And, and, I, and she said, that is so sad. I said, baby, that's not the sad part. The sad part is the church that he's in. You know, people get messed up. And I'm telling you, they get messed up because they, they twist the word of God and, and they, they don't read the word of God uh, and they don't get understanding from the word of God. So therefore, they pay the price. 
we pay the price for what we don't know of the Word of God, all right? And we pay the price because we don't apply what we do know. I am firmly convinced tonight, absolutely firmly convinced tonight that you can apply the Word of God to your life and God will bless you and you can walk in peace, you can walk in wholeness, and you can walk in joy. I firmly believe that. Now, listen, according to uh, Wikipedia and the Guinness uh, World Records, the Bible is the best-selling book of all time with over 5 billion copies sold and distributed. Think about that. Best-selling book of all times with over 5 billion copies sold. Now, I did a little uh, digging and as of July 2017, the population of the world was 7.5 billion people. All right? So when I read that, I got to thinking, my crazy, my crazy way of thinking. So I got to thinking, if there have been over 5 billion copies of the Bible sold and there's about 7.5 billion people on the face of this earth, I got to thinking of it like this. And I don't know where I got this from, but this way it came to me. You know, I said, you know, if the Bible was a helicopter, then chances are that everybody that you know would have a helicopter parked in their driveway. Two or three. Now, that's, that's real spiritual. You probably need to write that down if you didn't write it down. So, with this many Bibles around, it makes you wonder why that according to, I'm telling you, my mind was going, but according to the AAA Foundation research, 80% of drivers express significant anger, aggression, or road rage behind the wheel at least once in the past year. In 2009, the Department of Transportation reported around 210 million licensed drivers, and this would mean that around 168 million people experienced some type of road rage. Chances are you, were the, you either received it or you gave it, some of us in here. But why... But what I'm saying is, what I'm trying to get to is this. With all the Bibles around and with all the Bibles that have been sold and given out, this was just Bibles sold. This doesn't mean like the Gideons that that get them and, and give them out. But with all those Bibles around and and that one little little thing about road rage that you see, uh, and and all the other stuff that's going on, somebody somewhere is not reading their Bible and they're not understanding the Word of God. Now, you get what I'm saying. If you were to bring that inside the church, all the turmoil and all the stuff that I just mentioned about the drag queen and all that, all that stuff has crept into the church. 
uh, and, and, and we could go on and on and on. People's lives are so messed up. They're so twisted up, bondage, str- uh, struggles, addictions, and all of that. Listen, understand this tonight, guys, that, that if we read the Word of God like you do the daily, daily newspaper, it's not going to do you much good. But if you read the Word of God and, and faith takes hold of what you're reading and you begin to apply the Word of God, not just on Sunday morning. That's a, that's a misnomer in the Christian uh, circles is they think that we can come to church on Sunday morning and get a word from God and everything's going to be fine. Listen, the Bible needs to become a lifestyle for you and I. Listen, I, it, I, I, I tell Judy all the time, you know, We'll be walking, and we do a lot of walking, and I'll be walking along, and I won't be saying anything. And, and Judy, Judy can't stand that. She said, said, why are you so quiet? I said, well, I didn't get a word this morning, so I don't have anything to talk to right now, about right now. And, uh, and she said, well, next time you make sure you get up at 4.30 so you can get a word before we walk. And, uh, but here's the thing. The Word of God is powerful, guys, and, and we, we, have, we have put the Word of God in a, in a denominational box, and, and we've, we've got this idea that it's the pastor or the preacher or the Sunday school teacher's responsibility to teach me a lesson. I get that lesson. I take my Bible, and I'll write a note down every once in a while. I close my Bible, and then, and then I'll go out on Sunday morning and lay my Bible in the back seat of my car, and that's where I'll get it from the next Sunday. Listen, you cannot walk in power and authority, ladies and gentlemen, without the Word of God. Because if you look at the devil and think that you're going to tell him what to do by what you're thinking, you got another thing coming. But listen, when you throw the Word of God at the enemy, he's going to move. Now, I want you to go to Psalm number 1. Psalm number 1. And I want us to read something. This is one of my one of my favorite or most favorite psalms. Uh, and psalm, this this psalm is kind of the introduction to the entire book of Psalms. And uh, let's let's read. There's there's only uh, six verses. Let's read those verses. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly 
shall perish. Now, this, this psalm is six verses, but it describes a contrast between two types of people. One is those that are godly. Uh, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Uh, And the other is the ungodly. So it talks about it's a contrast between two uh, groups of people or two individuals. One is a godly individual and the other is an ungodly individual. It describes two sets of people whose lives are governed by two different things. The godly man, his life is governed by the word of God. The ungodly, his life is not governed by the word of God. Uh, But before we talk about verses 1 through 3, I want us to go down and I want us to hit verses 4 through 6 because it talks about the ungodly. Now, what is it saying when it says ungodly? It means simply individuals who are without God, individuals who have never given themselves over to the authority of God. Listen, we can can split hair, we can mince words and all that, but when it comes down to the bottom of the barrel, uh, there is godly and there is ungodly. Uh, we can't serve two masters. Uh, you know, you either going to serve God or you're going to serve the, the devil, all right? So there's godly or there's ungodly. And you might say, well, pastor, there's some that are straddling the fence. Well, but the thing about it is if you straddle the fence long enough, you're going to fall one way or the other, all right? But in verses 4 through 6, he says the ungodly, are not so, but they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. In other words, they're like uh, the dust or the waste of, of the grain that the wind blows away and leaves the grain. And uh, he said, And therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, the ungodly are those that are unrepentant, unholy, and unmerciful. In other words, these are those that have refused to allow God to govern their life. Listen, everybody has got something that is governing our lives. All of us in here tonight, we've got something that is governing our lives. You've got something that governs your thoughts. You've got something that governs the words that come out of your mouth. You've got something that governs your attitude. Every one of us has got something that governs us. Listen, if you don't have relationship with God, then that that's governing you will lead you down a path of destruction. That that governs you will lead you in a place that you don't want to go. Listen, those that are not governed by God become 
easy to be manipulated and controlled by the God of this world, which is Satan. And listen, when that happens, many people will reach out to everything that comes along to try to fix that thing that, that uh, is messed up in their lives. Listen, the only way to change that is to change that that's governing your life, all right? Now, so people that the ungodly are governed and controlled by the events that come up in front of them. For example, uh, an ungodly person is, is governed by that, that that they meet on a consistent basis. They meet struggle here, that's what governs them. They meet opposition over here, then that's what governs them. That what That's what uh, determines the direction that they go. Uh, they're driving down the road and somebody cuts them off, they lose their cool and they blow up and, and that, uh, that ungodliness begins to govern and determine the direction that they're going with their thoughts and their minds and their words. Because see, an ungodly person has nothing they have no boundaries because Satan has pulled all the boundaries out and said, live your life. Enjoy your life. Live for the moment. See, godly people have boundaries. All right? Now, look, look at uh, verse 1. He said, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now, I want to stop right there. The word blessed, that is the first word in this psalm, means to be happy means to be happy. It comes from a word that means to be straight or level. All right, blessed. And so when I look at, at you and say you are blessed or when I say I am blessed, I am simply saying that, that my life is on a straight and level plane. I'm saying that I've got, I've got peace and, and I'm happy uh, and and everything is on a level plane. All right? So, now, what we need to understand is how did this man get blessed? Where did he get that blessing from? Where did he get this, this, uh, this concept that could say, blessed is the man? that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, uh, in other words, he doesn't live his life based on the advice of the popular talk show host. He don't allow Dr. Field to determine the direction that he's going to go. Nothing wrong with Dr. Field. He don't call Oprah up and say, what I need to do on this. Nothing, you know, 
it don't work like that. He said, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Or, then, he, then he said, uh, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Maybe uh, he's blessed because he doesn't hang around sinners. Maybe he's blessed because he don't sit around with people that are scorners. Maybe, maybe, you know, the, the psalmist is saying that man is blessed. He, he's blessed, but I want you to notice how this is worded. He said, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor sits in the, nor uh, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. All right. So any of these are, are I would consider good characteristics. You know, I, I would think, uh, you know, not walking with uh, in the counsel of the godly, or or not standing in the way of sinners nor sitting in the seat of the scornful. Any one of those three is a good characteristic, but is that what brings blessing? I don't think it is. I think that's the result of a blessing. I think think those three statements are the result of something that goes deeper than that. Because in order to uh, resist walking in the counsel of the ungodly and, and sitting in the seat of the scornful and standing in the way of sinners, there's got to be something that is governing that individual that's causing them to be able to stand in the midst of all the other counsel of the ungodly and all the other sinners and all the other scorners. There's got to be something that, that is that is guiding and, and empowering that individual to stand in the midst of all that, Brother Glendon, and say, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna walk that way, I'm not gonna sit here, I'm not gonna stand there. You understand what I'm saying? There's gotta be something that's 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 steering this individual's life. You wanna know what it is? I think it's found in verse two. Look at this. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. I think that that is the key to the first word in Psalm 1, blessed. Because, friend, what you think about the most will become the strongest in your life. What you focus on the longest will be the strongest. And if you focus on all your problems, you focus on all your struggles, you focus on what you don't have, what you can't do, and, and, and all this, then those things will become the strongest motivators in your life on a daily basis. 
several years ago, years ago actually, to start, I had, uh, I had an alarm clock. I still have the alarm clock. I just turned it off. Uh, but I had an alarm clock uh, sitting uh, at the foot of our bed, and uh, every morning when that alarm clock went off, it sounded like the world was coming to an end. I mean, it was one of them, man, that when that thing started ringing, man, it was like a, it was like a fire uh, bell going off or something. And, and it didn't matter how long I'd had it, I never could get used to it. That thing would go off, and I'd come up out of the bed because I think something was, was going on or something. And, but I noticed that when that thing would go off, that there were more days than not that when that 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 racket that sudden jar of of dinging and ringing would go off that would set the path for my day and the rest of my day would be running rushing and just just on edge because that was the first sound that i heard in my day now, thanks to Apple, my ringtone now is there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunged beneath that blood lose all their guilt and stain. And by that time, I cut it off. But you know what I've noticed? I've noticed that that when that comes on, that all throughout my day, that song will pop up in my mind because I started my day off thinking about the Word of God. Listen, that word meditate, as we talked about Sunday, means to ponder, to think about, but something even greater than that, it means to talk to yourself. It means to mutter. It means to utter these words, the Word of God. Meditate. Think about this. Think about it. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate on the Word of God all day. The man that, that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, nor stand in the way of sinners, is blessed. But why is he blessed? Because he's got something that's governing his life. Listen, it is, it is so important, guys, that before you do anything else in your day, I, I challenge you, to do this, to start this, before you do anything else in your day, read the Word of God. Get you a little devotional book, something like that, something that will, that will, that will jumpstart your mind and get some Word in you and think about that Word throughout your day. Get your, get your mind off of the mess of your day. Because how you start your day will determine the rest of your day.
Amen? Thinking about the Word of God. Now, I want, to, I want you to see the results of that is in verse 3. The results of delighting in the Word of God. Listen, when I delight in the Word of God, the character that comes out of me is one that I don't sit in the seat of the scornful and stand in the way of sinners uh, or no walk in the counsel of the godly. That's a character, all right? That's a character trait that, that comes out of those who uh, know God. But I am blessed because of what my mind dwells on every day. All right? Now, look at verse 3. And here's the result. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. See, I know I'm talking to the Wednesday night crowd, and everybody everybody has a, a good time of Bible study and, and, and all that, but listen. Ask yourself this. How do I read the Word of God? Do I read the Word of God through like a newspaper, close it up, and I go on about my day, or do I read the Word of God and get something in my spirit that I can use to fight with throughout the day? You know, the Bible, the psalmist said, the entrance of God's Word brings light into my life. When I begin to apply the Word of God and walk in the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God, it will be life-changing to me. You see, the very God that you serve, the very God that, that uh, saved us and delivered us and redeemed us from a life of destruction has given us His Word to read, to study, to meditate on. He has given us his Holy Spirit to live on the inside of me that illuminates, that brings revelation to the Word of God. That's how it works. It's simple, isn't it? But it all begins with the Word of God. See, if the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, that's not only a spiritual thing, it comes from the Word of God. I learn how to fight from the Word of God. When I read the Word of God, I take the Word of God in through my eyes, my mind, my hearing receives the Word of God. It goes into my spirit. The Holy Spirit on the inside of me begins to stir that Word and begins to breathe on that Word. And I'm walking along during the day, 
and all of a sudden an enemy pops up in front of me that I wasn't expecting. Somebody at work does something that I wasn't expecting. Somebody, uh, you know, at my house does something that I wasn't expecting. And all of a sudden, I'm about to pop my top. But Holy Spirit has been stirring that word down inside. And all of a sudden, that word just rises up. The Holy Spirit says, here, remember this word? Remember what I told you? And it brings that word out. But if you don't put the word in you, Holy Spirit has nothing to bring out of you. I know this is elementary, but listen. The distinguishing mark of my life on a daily basis is found in how I start my day. It is found on what I focus on and what I dwell on in my life. Listen, my my associations, the people that I'm around, my family, my children, my colleagues, all those people are affected by what goes on right here in my mind. The people that I pass on the street, the one that I pass in Walmart is affected by what's going on right here in my mind. And many times the reason that I don't want to stop and share something with somebody is because I don't have anything inside. Listen, everything that I do is directly affected by the Word of God and what I think about and what I meditate on on a daily basis. Therefore, the places and the situations in my day where I'm required uh, to go on my job as a parent, as a person, wherever I sit, who I talk to, who I stand beside, what goes on in my life, the struggles that I face, my reactions is not determined by the way the wind is blowing. My, uh, my, the, the mindset of my day is not set by what somebody says to me at work or whether somebody cuts me off on the road. But listen, I have set my mind by the word of God. Remember the other Wednesday night we talked about David said, my heart is fixed, O oh God. My heart is fixed. This, this is some good stuff, I'm telling you. It's not how much of the word that you read every day. It's not reading four or five chapters. I love this one-year Bible, and, and I, I try to do it. I'm not very successful at doing it, but I try to do it uh, as much as possible. But it's not a matter of how many times you've read the Bible. That's good, but that's not where it is. Where it lies is what you got out of what you read, what you're apply, how much you are applying of what you read. If you apply the Word of God to your life, it will change your life. 
and we wonder what's going on with our world, I can tell you what's going on with our world is they've lost the word. They've lost the word. They don't have any road map. They don't have anything to anchor them down. There's no anchor. There's no center point in people's lives. The word is our center point. The word is that that uh, that boundary marker. It's that it's that that line marker in our lives that we can hold on and stake our lives to it, and always come back to it. Such a powerful word, Amen. Amen. All right, let's uh, let's pray. I want to challenge you. I know we talk about the word a good bit and all that, but I want to challenge you uh, to to really begin to apply yourself to the word of God. I'm not talking about sitting and, and, and for hours and hours reading. If you can do that, that's awesome. But I know you're busy. I know you work. You have things to do. But learn how to read the word of God and get something out of it that you can put in here that you can think about all day. That will change your life. Amen? Amen. Let's, uh, would you stand with me and, and let's, let's pray tonight. Two types of people that we've talked about tonight. Those that are godly and those that are not. And, um, The thing is that that the godly will always focus on the word of God and the ungodly will always focus on the words of others. So I want to challenge you tonight. Find the word of God. Read it, meditate, think about it, apply it to your life and see what it'll do. It'll change your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, God, tonight, Lord, we come, and Father, we realize, God, our weaknesses, and we realize our frailties, Father, tonight. But Father, we know, God, tonight, the power of your word. Father, we know tonight that there is nothing impossible with you. God, we know tonight, Lord, that, Father, that there's no, uh, there's no, wall too high for you there's no mountain too high for you god nothing is impossible with you so father tonight we ask you in the name of jesus that you would help us to find the word of god lord that we can be like this man in psalm 1 that we can say i am blessed i am blessed because i've been delivered i'm blessed because i've been set free by the power of the Word of God. Now, Father, I pray tonight that you would help us to become students of your Word, to read your Word, and to apply your Word to our lives. And, Father, I just thank you. Now, Lord, I just bless those that are here tonight. You know every need. You know every circumstance and situation. And, Holy Spirit, I ask you tonight to do what we're not able to do. Move in places that we're not able to go. And, Father, touch our lives tonight. Move in our hearts tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we give you praise in Jesus' name.
Amen.